everybody and welcome. You're listening to the Power Hour here at CJLO 1690 AM in Montreal. My name is William Power. I'm with Dominic Demeester. So before I start the show, big shout out to you, Dom. Last week I was unavailable. You did the show by yourself. I know that's not easy. You crushed it. I listened to some of it. Yeah, and wanted to say thank you for that. And uh, yeah, it must have been uh, a little bit difficult, but you, uh, you did it nonetheless. So thanks for that, Dom. Ah, no problem, William. It was a good time. Went through the entire NFL, kind of giving an update on where the teams stand for this season. And let's get started for this show. we got a lot to talk about. All right, nice. Great stuff, Dom. Let's jump into it right away. Okay, so we got two big running back signings happening earlier this week, just hours apart on Monday. Let's start with the uh, Dalvin Cook signing to the New York Jets. Signing with the Jets one year, 8.6, up to $8.6 million for him. Look, for, for me... It's as a Dolphins fan, it was a little bit of a, a bitter taste in my mouth because I was really hoping the Dolphins would sign him. Number one and number two is his name was linked to Miami for a very long time. Unfortunately for Miami, unable to get a deal done, and the Jets keep getting better. Uh, getting obviously Aaron Rodgers in the offseason, and now Dalvin Cook, one of the better running backs in the NFL when he can stay healthy. Um, Dom, I want to get your initial thoughts on this. The Jets keep building, and this is a this t- scary team keeps on, keeps on getting scarier now. Well, for sure, this team is definitely going to be making a Super Bowl run. That's the agenda. Adding Dalvin Cook definitely gives you a lot of depth at running back. Not sure how this is going to play out. Not sure who's going to be the starter as of week one. We know Brees Hall just obviously showed up today at the same time. That's no coincidence. He wants to be the first guy out there week one. I'm not sure. I'm going to see Brees Hall, if he's healthy, will be the starting running back. And then Dalvin Cook will be spelling Brees Hall because Dalvin Cook has to, you know, get his feet wet, learn the playbook. I expect Dalvin Cook to be moved along slowly but surely. But uh, maybe in the end, Dalvin Cook could be the starter. So as a result, I would say I'm 50-50 on this. Not sure how this is going to play out, but you can't go wrong when you have added depth at the position. Well, that's the thing. I think that's the number one thing right there is right. Depth is going to be super key and, and super important there for this team. Maybe they'll have a bit of a, a one-two punch. I just think when you have a guy like Dalvin Cook, Dom, he's just too good of a player to, to, have, uh, to have as your RB2. I think that eventually he will uh, he will start, be the starter for this team. And I could see him potentially playing in the next preseason game. So I think eventually and maybe sooner rather than later, he will be the starter, if not week one. Um, There was a lot of teams like pursuing Cook. Uh, Obviously, there's concerns about, uh, you know, his his injuries. And uh, and I think that's why a lot of teams, I don't want to say were hesitant, but it was took longer than we expected. Now, what are your your concerns for for Cook? And do you think that he landed on the right team in terms of his fit and in terms of his potential injury concerns? Because like you said, look, you got a good running back in Brees Hall. and uh, and you know he's he's proved himself at the college level. Uh, so do you think that you know with the, his injury concerns, uh, he landed in the right spot to Dalvin Cook uh, because considering they have a, a solid backup uh, running back number two, or do you kind of feel like look, uh, a lot of running backs get injured. He's going to get injured potentially come back, and as long as he plays you know 13, 14 games for this New York Jets team, they'll they'll kind of be okay and they'll figure their things out. Yeah, I'm not sure if this was the right fit, to be honest with you. This is where I'm kind of like juggling this as a 50-50 pickup. Not Mm -hmm. sure. Brees Hall, to me, is the number one running back in this league. He's a three-down back. Dalvin Cook is the exact same thing. So I don't know if two three-down backs should be on the same team. I think Dalvin Cook could have probably showcased more of his skills. Obviously, he already has, but... He deserves to be the number one running back on a football team with nobody really knocking at the door behind him. And and same thing with Brees Hall. That's why I'm kind of like, let's see how this is going to play out. I know for a fact, clearly, this is a longer season than obviously in the years past with that extra game. So any additional running back to your stable is always a plus, as as I said on the top of the show. So I just don't know if Dalvin Cook's going to be the right fit with uh, the Jets. My gut tells me it won't. Mm. I get what you're saying there. For me, it's kind of, you know, the the rich getting richer type of thing. And you, you want to add more talent. And uh, the, the more talent that you add, obviously, on paper, the better your team is. It's going to be a lot about chemistry um, and, uh, and, you know, how, how we, like obviously that he fits I, I think that you know overall he'll be he'll be solid for them I think that he, he makes them better I think Cook makes any team uh that he's on in the NFL better and uh, I could see him you know connecting with Rodgers who kind of likes those little dump passes uh to his running back um 
but yeah, I think that, you know, anytime that he plays the, the Dolphins now or, or teams that, you know, it didn't work out, I think it's going to be uh, more ammunition for him and more energy for him. So finally, a big, big signing. They were talking about the, the guys that we're hoping would sign sooner rather than later. Hopkins was one of them. Uh, now we got Cook signing with the New York Jets. So very, very curious to see how that'll pan out. We'll talk a little bit more about that later in the show. But let's stick with the running back position. Let's stick in the division. Ezekiel Elliott signing with the New England Patriots, a one-year up to $6 million deal. I knew he was visiting uh, the New England Patriots. That was that was rumored over the last couple of days. I wasn't sure. Honestly, I wasn't sure if he was going to sign with England. He doesn't seem like a New England Patriots type of player. But little do you know, they go and they they sign Zeke Elliott. One year, $6 million contract, like I said. For me, I like the signing. Um, and I know that, you know, people say, yeah, Zeke may be done, yada, yada. It's $6 million, right? If it works out, it works out. If it doesn't, it doesn't. The Patriots haven't really had... Uh, star-studded RB1 for a very long time. They've managed, right? they managed with guys like White, with Woodhead, uh, and it's been enough, you know, for them to, to be able to push into in Super Bowls now. But I think that, you know, with a quarterback like Mac Jones, uh, obviously extremely, extremely uh, different than Tom Brady. And, you know, we're, they were relying on the passing game a lot when Brady was there. But it, that's not doesn't really seem to be the case with Mac Jones. It's a lot of defense that's run the football, and Mac Jones hopefully doesn't make a mistake. So now that you have Ezekiel Elliott here, I think he's going to be playing with a chip on his shoulder. You know, a lot of these guys go uh, in, in late in their career. They go to the New England when they've kind of been passed up on other teams. Um, and we'll see what Belichick can do with Zeke. I like both these running back signings. I do. And I think that a $6 million deal, like it's it's not that much. Uh, it's for one year. It's kind of a, a make it or, or break it deal. See what you can do for us. If it was two, three years, okay, maybe I would have taken a, I told him taking a step back and a little bit been a little bit more concerned, but I, I like this. Look, I think Zeke, like I said, he has more uh, gas left in the tank, and uh, he's going to play with a, a lot of, uh, uh, I think, a lot of, uh, I guess you could say, anger now after being dished out by the Dallas Cowboys. And like I said, New England's looking for that number one running back. He could potentially be the guy now for them, and I think that they're going to have to rely a little bit more on on Zeke than people realize, especially with uh, the inconsistencies at quarterback with Mac Jones. So yeah, Zeke uh, taking his talents to New England. And then we got two major running back signings in the AFC East. Yeah, this one I like more than Dalvin Cook. And I'll tell you why. It's because Ramondre Stevenson, I don't view him as a three down back, specifically his receiving skills. So adding Ezekiel Elliott here does make sense because Ezekiel Elliott can catch the ball in the backfield. He's been a proven running back in the NFL. And you look at the depth here, Ty Montgomery and Pierre Strong Jr., you know, you could add a, an Ezekiel Elliott to this roster and it would make sense. You know, we're forgetting that the Jets also have Carter and that's just another running back that they picked up yeah, very true. high. But obviously he's going to be most likely relegated to the bench. And that's a, a loss of talent, in my opinion, uh, for the Jets. So this situation, New England needs an offense. They don't really have something wowish you know they have juju which is okay the adagaziki which is okay but adding aziki elliott at least you see a bit more offense so let's see how this one pans out i think the patriots will win maybe an extra two games as a result but i don't think they're going to make the playoffs i don't think this uh makes the patriots relevant this year yeah it's, uh, what do you think about the signing for uh zeke personally here i know we talk about the patriots and we get into a little bit more of that for zeke and and him how do you think that you know do you think it's it's a good fit do you think it's a good spot for him to get like you said the, the rb1 uh, reps you kind of alluded to that for zeke personally how do you like the fit fits good i mean belichick yeah. will be able to utilize his talents he's a guy who he likes to play with multiple running backs in the first place so mm. adding Ezekiel elliott here just definitely makes sense and i would only assume that he will be seeing the field quite often and uh, same thing with Ramondre. This is a running football team. They're trying to limit Mac Jones making mistakes. Adding Ezekiel Elliott definitely will help that. Yeah, with you on that one. With the Patriots uh, early, uh, about an hour ago, broke that uh, Gesicki uh, suffered a dislocated shoulder in his um, in one of his practices on Monday. So hopefully that's not too, too serious. And he's able to go week one. So yeah, we got the two big signings there. Like you said, we got... Uh, 
obviously Cook, we got Zeke. Let's stick in the division in the AFC East because you could talk about like the strongest divisions in football. Um, I think that, you know, our two divisions we know very well, myself, the AFC East, because my Dolphins are there, and uh, you with the AFC North with the Pittsburgh Steelers. With this signing of Cook and everything that's been going on over the, the offseason, would you say the AFC East is going to be the most competitive or let's say on paper the best division in football? Uh, or do you think that, uh, you know, kind of maybe leads to the, to the AFC North and, and other divisions in football? Yeah, a lot of people are talking up the AFC East, but I don't see it as being that much better than, you know, the NFC West. I think the NFC West, to me, even the Rams, uh, you know, not being prolific, they still won a Super Bowl really like what? Not even like two and a half, three years ago. So I'm going to say no. I'm going to say the AFC East still has the Patriots there and Buffalo might regress this year. You have the AFC North that is churning up the power rankings but you also have the afc west as well so it's kind of even right now william there's always one team that's kind of like a stinker in each division and i just don't see it being any different in the afc east yeah, it's true. There's always going to be, like you said, that that one team that kind of sticks out there. Um, I'm with you. I think the AFC East is, is kind of pushing there. I think you look at the the AFC North, they, they really do give them a, a run for their money. If I was, uh, I'd probably say like I could see that as maybe 1A of the AFC East as 1B. Uh, you know, we got the the Ravens and the Bengals and the Browns, and who knows what we're going to expect from the Browns uh, this this season. So yeah, I I think I'd go with the AFC North there. It was cool. I was watching First Take yesterday, and they talked about teams that they think gives the most trouble are going to give the most trouble this year to the um, Kansas City Chiefs, right? Chiefs defending Super Bowl champions, the dynasty going. Um, and a lot of them were going Bengals, Bengals, Bills. And uh, one of them ended up going with the Ravens. And I know that you kind of uh, been an advocate for the Ravens over the, the last little while. They go out, they add OBJ, uh, they add Flowers. So that could be, you know, something that uh, that Jackson is, uh, is you know, able kind of to uh, to to rely on on key situations there. Uh, what would you would you say you agree with that? Do you think of, of of the teams that could be the biggest threat to the Chiefs, not just in the AFC but in the NFL in general? Uh, the Baltimore Ravens was uh, I don't want to say a bit of a surprise there, but uh, I think that you know with with Lamar and everything going on in the off season, you think that okay, you know, maybe it's going to be a bit of a down year for them. Uh, is, is is Lamar really focused there? But yeah, uh, the one of the um, the broadcaster ended up picking. Uh, uh, the Baltimore Ravens is being the biggest threat to the Chiefs. I'm not surprised. You remember that Baltimore almost beat Kansas City last year with a backup quarterback. So that was True. a close game. And if it wasn't for Marcus Peters, the Ravens probably win that game. So that's my opinion. I think the Ravens are going to be very good this year. I don't see this team struggling. As long as you have a great head coach like John Harbaugh, you're going places. It's just a matter of fact that this guy has been almost every single year in the playoffs except for a couple and that's you know a testament to his coaching skills so let's just see where this team can take uh you know lamar jackson to the promised land you know potentially lamar jackson is gonna have a chip on his shoulder He's, he obviously got his contract he wants to show that he was worth the contract worth the risk and if this team starts running the ball like they did a couple years ago yeah they'll be definitely dangerous this year I can see them being dangerous, yeah. Uh, and I think that, you know, with the addition, like I said, OBJ and, and you're getting flowers in the, in the draft, I can see, like you said, yes, this team being sticking to the identity of running the football. I can see them also catching teams off guard. You know, a lot of, you know, the, the I should say the aura around this team is that they are a running football team and they run the football the most in the NFL. And I don't think that'll change all that much, but I can see them, you know, in early downs, potentially going play action and maybe catching defenses off guard. Uh, you know, when you get a guy like OBJ, I'm curious to see in this scheme with how much this team runs the football, it's how okay he's going to be with it. You know, he's going to have to be able to block. Obviously he's going to have to be able um, to, to uh, be patient, right. And know that he may not get the amount of targets he was getting, you know, everywhere else uh, just because not because he's, he's limited or he's, he's worse of a player than he was in years past, but just because the, the way the system works and, and, and Baltimore, like we said, loving to, to run the football. So I think that's going to be important to, to monitor uh, for, for this team. And, you know, OBJ, like we said, he could be a bit of that hothead and you, know, you never know what, um, What's, how it's going to pan out for him. The uh, one thing the Ravens uh, do get to wear their hat on is they win their 24th straight preseason game, Dominic. I'm not sure if you knew that, but they have the record. So 24 straight preseason wins for the Baltimore Ravens. I know it's just preseason, but for me, it's I think about that. And I'm like, how is that even possible? 
coaching. It's, that's all it is. Having your hey. team mentally prepared week in and week out, no matter what the game is going on or no matter what the game. So yeah, the Ravens yeah. are very well coached and they're very disciplined. They're, they show up almost every single week. And luckily for them, the way they play football, you know, they, they bank on their kicker and that kicker yep. is the best kicker that's ever lived in my opinion. So yeah. they got something special in Baltimore and this is not a fluke. It's not a fluke that they win always their preseason games. It's just a matter of fact that this team is well-prepared mentally and they show up every week. And he had Tucker hit a long field goal at the, I think I believe at the end of the first half, I watched a bit of that game. That was impressive. And Huntley looked pretty good going eight for 11, 88 yards and a touchdown there as the backup quarterback. So uh, maybe he'll be able to make some noise around the NFL. So something that we always like to keep an eye on in preseason is how our rookies are doing specifically at the quarterback position. One rookie who got amazing news earlier on Monday morning is quarterback Anthony Richardson. He is now named the starter for the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, it's pretty interesting. I read up on the article and he said he was shocked. You know, he uh, he played in his preseason game. He went 7 of 12, threw an interception. You know, wasn't the cleanest. Uh, a few nice throws, but... Um, Overall, I'd say a bit of a, a mediocre start there, but uh, he is nonetheless named starter uh, for this Indianapolis Colts team. Dom, and I know that you and I kind of differentiate a little. You kind of like uh, for the for quarterbacks to uh, sit their first year as much as they can, learn from the, the veterans, and then, you know, maybe play in, in year two or year three. For me, I'm kind of like, throw him out there, let him make his mistakes in his first year, and, uh, you know, he'll learn and he'll go from that. But yeah, big breaking news out of Indianapolis. Anthony Richardson named the QB1 for the Colts, and we'll start week one. Uh, for uh, for Indianapolis yeah things are turning in Indy and I like it I really do I agree with you William that certain quarterbacks need to start week one Anthony Richardson would be that guy and the reason why I say Anthony Richardson should is because you got to maximize his skill sets that are through the running game and a pocket quarterback deserves to sit the first year and then learn the playbook extremely well. Not that Anthony Richardson isn't able to do that, you know, or shouldn't be given that opportunity as well. It's just, I find that a guy like Anthony Richardson definitely plays out of raw instincts mm -hmm. and his skill set matches those instincts. In other words, if he's going to feel the pressure, he can go and run and being successful at that. I think of like, you know, yes, this guy didn't have a great long career. But from Tennessee a while ago, you had Young who got drafted. In his rookie season, he was, you know, put in there midway and he used his legs all the way to the playoffs. I'm not saying that Anthony Richardson is going to be like Young, but I'm just saying the player comparison, you could kind of do the same thing here. And I truly believe that Richardson will be fine now this year. I saw the game tape in the preseason. I was a bit worried to find out exactly how he's going to be able to handle kind of like an NFL caliber speed, and he did a great job. The throws that I saw in his college tapes, it's the velocity behind the throws. If you mm -hmm. can have that much zip behind the ball, that's going to be a huge asset. And the fact that he's got two huge towers in Pittman and Pierce, this is actually a no-brainer here. Indianapolis finally are turning that curb that Israel unfortunately did to start off the season by putting his big mouth out there and ruining it for everyone. The Colts, somebody in that franchise, woke up and said, yeah, we got to go stick back to the game plan, put Anthony Richardson week one, get Garner Minshew on the bench as a kind of like, obviously, a adept quarterback. But this mm -hmm. is definitely Anthony Richardson's team. You drafted him fourth overall. God forbid that guy be a bust. You'll find out really quick. By the what week six, if you got something in Anthony Richardson, I think they do. I personally think that at one point he was going to be a bust because if they weren't giving him the green light, that means there was a huge red flag. Somebody saw something in Anthony Richardson, whether it be in just that preseason game alone, but right. I think this is the right decision. And I'm happy that they got it right. And Indianapolis will be fine and will be contending as well for the division, even with the rookie quarterback.
I like it for several reasons. I really do. One of them, I think, is that even after a poor performance in his preseason and after throwing a pick and, you know, not throwing a touchdown and not the best completion percentage, is there still have enough guts to say, okay, you know what, you're going to go out there and you're going to be our starting quarterback. It's not, uh, you know, do we wait uh, to, to see what he can do in a second preseason game? Is it going to look bad to name him QB1 after this? What did we see? Right, You said they saw something. Well, what, what, what did they see in that performance? Maybe it's, like you said, a throw here or a throw there. Overall, the performance wasn't great. But, you know, they're not worried about that they say you know we're gonna we're gonna name him qb1 regardless of how he played in his first preseason game and i like that um i think that also another thing is uh, you know i'm of the mindset that you know you go out there and you make your mistakes um the thing is with indianapolis is they're in kind of a I don't want to say a weaker division, but it may be one of the more weaker divisions in football. Let's call it spade a spade. They have their first game against Jacksonville. And Jacksonville is going to be the team that uh, is, is favored in this division, right? They're going to be the, you know, the, the team that needs to be taken down. And there's Jacksonville is, of course, with Tennessee as well, dumb too. Can't forget about the Titans and their addition there. But I think Jacksonville is, you know, creating a lot of noise around the NFL. And that's going to be their first game. And the game is going to be in Indianapolis. So there's going to be a lot of hype surrounding this Colts team where you're going to probably see a lot of Anthony Richardson jerseys uh, being sold, a lot of them being worn. Uh, to that game, which is just under a month away now. can't believe the NFL kickoff is so close. But it, it brings juice to this franchise, right? And fortunately, at the quarterback position, uh, you know, they, they've missed over the last few years. It, it's tough to say that Andrew Luck was a miss. Uh, but, you know, you know, for me, he was because he didn't end up, you know, playing uh, the length of his career that he'd hoped to. He was a great quarterback for them. And, you know, he was uh, he was huge coming out of college and, uh, you know, was was the next best thing. Uh, but unfortunately, it didn't pan out. And, you know, you could say his career there was great. Uh, yeah, it was, but it was short, right? So for me, that's kind of a, that's a swing and a miss there for the Colts. And they've had Carson Wentz. You know, they went out, they got Nick Foles. Uh, so they've gotten these names that are important around there, or I should say irrelevant around the NFL, but didn't really work out. And I think that now is you kind you got this athlete where this this under his name it's written athlete right now this is a really quarterback he's gonna make plays and you said something that was very interesting Tom. He, it's raw talent um and i think that your point was very was very well taken that he needs to make his mistakes early right and i don't think that this Colts team or this Colts franchise expecting him to go out there, you know, start off the season three or four and zero, and you know, put this team to to the heavy favorites in the division. It may be a bit of a learning uh, curve for him and maybe a struggle, but I think that with a guy like Richardson, that's to be expected, right? And that's going to be okay in their first year, and I think that you know we're going to have to be uh, patient, and Richardson himself is going to have to be patient because he's a guy that uh, is is a competitor and doesn't like losing. But it may be uh, there may be a few, I guess you can say. Um, valleys before there are peaks just because of the way he plays the game so i think it's gonna be important for this franchise the fan base to be uh patient with him but i do like the 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 guts of the colts have in, in putting him qb1 starter it's a little bit surprising they announced it this early but i like it but for me the the best advice for richardson and this team is just be patient let him do his thing um and you know and every win you can get with him from from here on out is going to be a bonus for this team 100%. But the most important thing we haven't mentioned yet is that Jonathan Taylor is also coming back sooner than I thought. I thought he was going to just rehab for the entire preseason. So the fact that he's now willing to show up, you know, yeah. put the beef aside, it just creates a good winning aura in Indianapolis. You got a, a hungry rookie quarterback. You got a guy like Jonathan Taylor, who basically should be the entire offense. I like where this indie team is going now. They finally are, they've changed course. And I think that right now I'm big on India. I was big on India at the draft because I thought that they really, in my opinion, hit a bullseye in Anthony Richardson. So let's see if he, if he proves me right, but I'm really happy that Israel, you know, just close your mouth, sit in your owner's booth and watch the product that you invested in. I know you can say whatever you want. It's your product. But at the end of the day, these guys, you know, they have to have the confidence to show you what they're all about. And I think we're about to see that in Indy. And I think it uh, with the the water receiving core he has. Look, it's not uh, it's not a water receiving core that's going to blow people away. But you got Michael Pittman Jr., who you and I are a big fan of. Alec Pierce too. I really liked him uh, at the end of last season. He kind of came out of nowhere, uh, and uh, you know he was. Um, 
he was big for uh, for this team last season. Uh, didn't didn't have a catch in his game against the the, the Buffalo Bills in that preseason game. But still, I think that Alec Pierce is going to be a guy that uh, you know maybe a, a fantasy sleeper here uh, for my fantasy football uh, players out there. And you know when you got Michael Pittman Jr. and Alec Pierce, and like you said, Jonathan Taylor coming back is going to be big, and like him being able to to end his holdout is going to be huge. Less of a distraction. So we'll see what Indianapolis is able to do. I think we're going to find out very very early in the season when they play uh, their rivals in the Jacksonville Jaguars um, where this team could be potentially headed on the season. Um, uh, a rookie quarterback, Don, that uh, that uh, unfortunately didn't uh, have a great start uh, to his to his career was uh, CJ Stroud going 2-4 and throwing an interception here. Didn't really play that much. And uh, I just saw from, he, he looked tentative. And from his very, very first throw in that football game, it, it was an out route. Um, I forget who he hit, but he had, he had a route open early. Um, and he held the ball for half a second longer. He ended up hitting the route. Uh, and the receiver caught it, kept both feet in bounds. But he seemed just hesitant and in this game and on that throw specifically. And, you know, look, it's it's nerve-wracking, right? Being in the NFL, going from college football to the NFL is a completely, completely different animal. Um, but he's going to have to be right mentally for this team. And you know, I, I believe he's going to be named the starting quarterback as well for these guys. You don't take a guy at number two overall to sit on the bench in his first year. So for him, it's going to be about the mental game. And he was mentally tough with Ohio State making plays that, you know, no quarterback should be able to make. And, uh, you know, just the, the way he was able to, to carry himself on this football team was impressive. In this game, he, we didn't see that and and you know that's okay it's the first one I don't want to make too big of a deal uh it, but he he just didn't look sharp he didn't look good he struggled and for me it was just the tentativeness I saw out of his game that uh, is what were you know proposed a few red flags for me uh so not the start you're hoping for CJ Stroud hopefully he's able to to rebound and, and play better in that second preseason game yeah not the start obviously that you would want to see your quarterback only going two for four but again uh this is preseason so let's not read too much into mm-hmm. it Let's focus on another rookie that had a great preseason on that team is Tank Dell, you know, going five for eight, 65 yards and a touchdown. I think this guy might be a steal for Houston. So it's just a question of getting those reps for CJ Stroud. He only got, you know, four attempts here. Let's give him the benefit of the doubt. I thought that his game tape in college definitely was of a pocket passer. So I'm not ready to throw in the flag on CJ Stroud only for four reps here. So I'm not going to jump the gun. I think I have to see a lot more, but I did see enough in Tank Dell to say, wow, they got themselves probably a nice little weapon that has a lot of speed and that's going to be able to help out CJ Stroud. Yeah, he had a solid game, 13 yards per catch there. Um, we think about this uh, this division. Any chance that Houston, you know, can make some noise early on in the season and potentially put pressure on the heavyweights to, to win this division? Do you think it's really that wide open that anyone can win? Or do you really see it be a surprise if Houston comes out there and uh, let's say they take uh, a, a one-game lead midway through the season and they're, they're first place in the division? They would need to have a stellar offensive line. That's what it's going to come down to. You know, a rookie pocket quarterback needs time to process. His processing skills are going to be very slow off the bat, plus with the pressure and all that. That's what the uh, rookies have to always, like, overcome is the speed of the game. So if they have a strong offensive line to provide just an extra two seconds to to read the field, I think that C.J. Strout will be fine. If you see the offensive line struggle, then the Texans will struggle the entire year. But I think they're going to be an in-between offensive line, like not an amazing and not a horrible one. So you'll be surprised. Houston will have a good chunk of wins this year, more than people actually expect because, you know, they have a lot of veteran leadership and they brought in a very defensive-minded coach. So that defense, I would assume, keeps them in a couple of games here and there. And this team will be fine. It's a building block. No one has playoff aspirations year one in Houston if you do you're kind of like overthinking it and I think Houston by next year will probably be in the playoffs yeah, it's, uh, I think also a, a guy that I like on this team is backup Davis Mills. I always find him a solid quarterback, and I think, look, let's say C.J. Stroud does get the nod and he starts. Uh, he may be pulled, and you may see uh, we may see him come in and potentially win a few games. Similar to the Tua situation, right, when Tua came in in his rookie year and he took over and he was struggling, and then Fitzpatrick came in and would kind of uh, come out there and be the savior for, for half a game or a game. I could see that being the case if C.J. Stroud comes in, uh, you know, kind of stinks it up a little bit in a game or two. You put in Davis Mills. Uh, 
guy who look he hasn't been as consistent as I liked. I I I kind of like the way uh, I guess you can say he is that pocket passer holds the football. You know, I like his vision across the football field. A big tall player there, um, so maybe he'll be able to to help out FCJ Stroud. Um, has a bit of a tougher time. Let's go to our number one overall pick now, Bryce Young, going four of six in limited action uh, for 21 yards in his team's uh, game against the New York Jets. They weren't able to, to put up any points there, but really he was limited. And uh, for, for this Carolina Panthers team, um, Matt Corral took uh, took uh, QB2 snaps for the game, going 15 of 22, 126 yards. Uh, but, uh, you know, Zach Wilson looking pretty good. He uh, looked pretty good in the, in the Hall of Fame game there, hitting uh, deep uh, for, the, for the New York Jets. And this game going 14 of 20, 123 yards, and a touchdown. So obviously, you know, not going to take over from uh, from A-Rod uh, anytime soon unless we see an injury happen. But do you think that, you know, this uh, this kind of helps Zach Wilson, Dom? And, you know, maybe for a team that's looking for uh, for a backup, solid backup quarterback, or a team that, you know, gets QB needy uh, at, uh, you know, mi- close to midway through the season, and maybe this performance, uh, back-to-back performance by Zach Wilson is uh, is uh, allows him to add to his repertoire, and maybe he's putting out uh, some some game tape now that people could think that you know maybe he has uh, what's left uh, what uh, what people saw out of him coming out of um, out of BYU. Not sure, William. I think Zach Wilson is the product of a college football program that helped him a lot, and so far in the NFL, yeah, he went 14 for 20 during a preseason game, but I guess it's a positive. I'm not a Zach Wilson fan. I don't think this guy uh, even should be a backup in the NFL. I think he's a total bust. That's just my opinion. But for Carolina, back to Bryce Young and Matt Corral. Matt Corral is another bust that uh, they had. A, you know, they took a chance. Bryce mm-hmm. Young definitely is going to have his struggles this year. And I don't know if uh, this guy should be out there week one, but that's the direction that the Panthers are going. I'm trying to find a bright note here for the Panthers. I don't see much. They're going to need to have a stronger running game to take pressure off Bryce Young. Yeah. So to answer your question, Zach Wilson, no, dud. Might as well have Tim Boyle as a backup quarterback. He went nine for 10, two touchdowns and interception. Might as well give that guy the backup quarterback position and uh, forget about Zach Wilson. Bite the contract. See you later. And Matt Corral, well, you know, I know it was your first chance out there. We'll give you a a, a second chance because you didn't get uh, enough opportunities. But Bryce Young, I'm not liking it. I said it from day one. This guy should be on the bench for at least a year. I think Carolina might struggle. They got to find a running game. They've definitely do. And if they don't, uh, yeah, Carolina is going to struggle. Well, it's unfortunate because I know you and I were pretty high on uh, on Chuba Hubbard, right, Dom, and the, the Canadian. And unfortunately, in his uh, in his, his short career as uh, as a Carolina Panther, he hasn't looked the part uh, at all. And I think that was a little bit surprising because I thought when McCaffrey left, he'd be able to maybe be a guy that takes the QB, uh, sorry, takes the RB one reps, and you know shows that he can be a three down back. Unfortunately, it hasn't been the case. So yes, uh, when you're talking about a, a young quarterback, especially a rookie quarterback, the running game is going to be huge. So hopefully, Chuba Hubbard is is able to. Uh, to kind of step it up there let's stick in uh, in that division now we got uh, you know the division being wide open uh carolina uh potentially being you know one maybe one of the dark horses now of that division but we got to tapa bay too right Dom? they're still one of uh the more i guess you could say complete teams just in terms of you know the guys they got an offense the guys they got a defense and really the question mark there is the quarterback position uh baker mayfield looking pretty good in uh, in his preseason game with uh, with tampa bay dom and uh, you know when you look at uh, mayfield and uh what but um, what, you know what he's been through. It's he's been bounced around, right? And I think that you know, talk about guys with chip on their shoulders. He's he's a guy with a chip on his shoulder. He goes eight for nine in that game, sixty three yards and a touchdown. Um, and uh, yeah, I was impressed. I was impressed with this command of the offense. I saw a few highlights of that game against your Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, I'm not sure if you caught any of that game, but yeah, Baker Mayfield looking pretty good in his uh, first preseason game with Tampa Bay. I'm very disappointed, honestly. Last week I was feeling Kyle Trask. Things were pointing towards <laughs> Cal Trost to be the starter. And somehow Baker, I knew he would finagle his way to somehow get the spotlight and try to be the QB1 on this franchise. This is a mistake. The touchdown pass that, that was thrown was quite honestly a very lucky catch. The receiver is the one who, in my mind, made that touchdown, keeping his toes in that end zone. I think that Baker Mayfield is another bust. And Tampa Bay, the sooner they realize that, the better they will be. Yeah, he might have went eight for nine for 63 yards. But quite frankly, 
It's just a fungazy, folks. One frigging touchdown pass, and you're going to give this guy the key to your franchise? Oh, boy. Tampa Bay better wake up soon because that's a mistake. And in that division, any single loss could cost you that division. It's going to be so tight. Everybody's going to get a chance to win it. And uh, Tampa Bay, boy, don't go with Baker. Don't believe the hype of that one touchdown. It's a fungazy. Don't buy into it. Give Cal Trask the ability to showcase his skill. Wow, the guy threw one interception. And yeah, he got sacked three times. That's what happens sometimes. So we'll have to see how this one plays out. But so far, I'm not buying Baker Mayfield for one magical touchdown. Okay, look, that's fair, Don. We talk about that. And I think with Baker, he's kind of that fun, uh, you know, player that people like to support. And he sells jerseys and stuff like that. So if we're talking long term, I think that, you know, I believe you think that Kyle Trask is going to be potentially the answer. If we're talking this season now in the division, I feel like the division is, is a lot more wide open than it ever used to be. Don't you think that Baker Mayfield provides this team with the best chance of win this season to not necessarily win the Super Bowl, but let's say fight for the division? If I tell you that Kyle Trask is, is the quarterback heading into the season, do you think that Trask, that they have a better chance with Trask to win the division? Just for this year, we're talking Baker Mayfield. Because for me, if I think that, look, Caltrass can go out there, he can make his mistakes, and, you know, like I'm all about there, go out there, you know, do your thing and, and learn from it, and hopefully you're able to to show signs of uh, of greatness if you're trust. But if, if I'm Tampa Bay and I'm thinking about just this season, this is the last season in the NFL, there's going to be no more football for the rest of eternity, God forbid. For me, I'm putting out Baker Mayfield because I still do think that Baker Mayfield provides this team the best shot this year at winning the division. You're twisting my arm here, William. I think, <laughs> I'm I think trying, I'm to, trying. <laughs> you have to go with Baker, I guess, because of the experience. But my point is, is that you have to give Trask the opportunity. Yeah. He's been there for at least three years now, learning the playbook inside out. So it, sometimes it, con- it comes with confidence. Give the guy a chance to build that confidence. Baker Mayfield lost his confidence a long ago in Cleveland. He never got it back. This one touchdown. If you're going to tell me that this one touchdown is what puts Baker Mayfield over the top for the starting position, man, I'm sorry. That is just the wrong decision. And you can make a a good analogy like you did and have to go with one year and go with Baker. But trust me, folks, that's just not the way to do it. Baker Mayfield will lose more games for Tampa Bay as the starting quarterback this year. If you want to go that route, go right ahead. All right, Bucks organization. If anyone was listening, you better go with Kyle Trask, or else, uh, or else you're gonna have a, a bit of a tough year. Yeah, no, you, you bring up a good point though about Trask. He has waited for a long time, and I've been curious to see what he can do out uh, out of Florida. Uh, speaking of touchdowns, I wanted. Uh, did you see uh, Jacksonville Jaguars quarterback Nathan Work coming out of the BC Lions? Did you see his touchdown pass this weekend? No, I didn't. It was, I think it was one of the most incredible touchdowns I've ever seen. He he literally broke two or three tackles. It was something you see like he Houdini'd. And I, I'm Nathan Rourke, a great story out of BC, the Canadian Football League for anyone that watches the CFL. I watch it from time to time. I think it's, you know, it's uh, these guys aren't getting paid that much. They're still ballers. But he had an incredible touchdown pass where he literally threw defenders off his back like they were, like they were crickets. And he was throwing them and and he threw a, a nice touchdown uh, to, uh, to one of his series in the back of the end zone. But Nathan Work being a cool story, Dom. BC Lion guy, uh, CFL, obviously not going to be starter with um, with Trevor Lawrence there, but it's kind of cool to see our Canadians get some love. Yeah, it's kind of cool to see some Canadians get some love. I mean, we got Chase Claypool, guy yeah. that's going to be going with the Bears this year. Bears having a wonderful start to the preseason, so maybe that guy up uh, in Chicago gets the Canadian flag waved here and there because uh, Chicago, I would assume, are going to be in the playoffs this year. Yeah, Mapletron will uh, we'll take our final break. But yes, let's talk about the Chicago Bears who look good. And so did Justin Fields in his performance. So unfortunately, we got uh, some sad news. Uh, running back Alex, Alex Collins uh, passes away at uh, age 28. Former Ravens running back and Seahawks running back. Really sad story here. And obviously sad when, when this happens to... Uh, to, to such a young man. And I, I remember hearing a story about him being a competitive Irish dancer. And he always had a smile on his face. And yeah, just uh, really, really sad to see. Uh, just a reminder, not take anything for granted. And thoughts and prayers with uh, with the Collins family. And um, and yeah, really, really tough news there. So just uh, wanted to to mention that on the show. And yeah, hopefully um, he's, his family is getting a lot of support there that they need. All right, let's talk about the um, Chicago Bears that we talked about to just heading into the break. Um, about uh, Justin Fields, and you talked about Chase Claypool. 
I don't know if you saw Justin Fields' stats, Dominic, but he went three for three uh, with two uh, it was two touchdowns, over 100 passing yards. A lot of them, yes, were like screen passes and kind of little dump-offs. But, man, talk about an impressive start for um, – for uh for Justin Fields, if you're uh, if you're a Bears fan, three for three, 120 in the yards, two touchdowns. One of those touchdowns going to his new target and DJ Moore, a 62 yard one. And yeah, can't really ask for much better of a start there if you're Fields and the Bears. Definitely, Chicago starting off on the right foot. You know, it is preseason, but still, we like to get the mojo going early. So why not? 129 yards and three passes. That is just beautiful to see. I got Chicago, baby. I think Chicago is going to win that division. And I think that they're the real deal, specifically on defense. Now that the offense is actually clicking, a really sleeper pick would be Khalil Herbert. I've been watching this guy since he's entered the NFL. He doesn't get much love, but boy, is he a great gadget player to have on any offense in the NFL. Chicago has got a good little guy in Herbert, and they have also a good complimentary running backs in Foreman. They also brought in Homer from Seattle. So this team is full of depth. It's all about whether or not that head coach can lead them to the promised land. And I think he will. I think the Bears are for real. And I expect them to make the playoffs this year. Well, the Bears are, are under a lot of, I, honestly, I would say pressure. And it's it's rare you see that from, from a Chicago Bears team, you know, kind of, uh, you know, a team that's been fighting just to, to have a winning season or to get to 500, even to win four or five games. Like, to me, it's, it's unbelievable how this team, you know, last year went from, you know, being last in the division to winning, I believe it was three games, to, to now being talked about so praised so much. And, you know, you talked about, you just said it, Dom, right there. You potentially see them as the favorites to, to win the division. If, if you were betting right now, would you pick the Bears to, to, win, the, to win the division next year? Because, I mean, it's pretty incredible. You go from a team that wins three games, to now people talking about as, you know, being a, uh, a sleeper for the Super Bowl. Um, and, uh, and, you know, not only that, but like a, a team that's going to make a lot of noise. Would you, would you think that they're honestly going to be the favorites to win the division? Because, yes, last year they go 3-14. and 14, They go 2-7 and seven at home, 1-7 and seven on the road, and they lose their, their last 10 games. Like, I'm not sure I remember a, a team ever that had such a poor season. And then from this year, I, and rightfully so, right? You know, I, I feel like Justin Fields is taking a step. And I think that they're better than the 3-14 and 14 record uh, of last year says they were. But, man, like, you talk about a team that's looking to, to, to switch things around. And I think that this team is under a lot of pressure this year. Well, you could potentially say that, William, they have a lot of pressure, but I don't know where this pressure is coming from. I mean, Detroit's in the division, you know, that's the team that's the Cinderella team of last year. And they all think that Detroit, you know, is going to be definitely winning the division. At least that's what I've been reading. Chicago, on the other hand, I don't know if there's that much pressure. I think that, yes, the more wins that you get, the expectations that we see with Justin Fields, that he's starting to live up to the billing. Yeah, you could maybe put a bit of pressure on Justin Fields, but no, this shouldn't be. They had the number one pick. They made a huge trade, and the trade right now is is living up to the bill. If DJ Moore continues playing like that, hey, yeah, they got themselves a number one wide receiver in that trade. That's a great pickup. And they last year picked up Chase Claypool from the Pittsburgh Steelers in another trade. Uh, If he ends up being a big red zone threat, that's another big pickup. So... All those free agents on defense, whether it be Tremaine Edmonds, TJ Edwards, or Yannick Ngakwe, all those three players were not on this football team last year, and they definitely are going to solidify that defense. They're all veterans. They know what they're doing. Someone in Chicago is definitely calculating this properly, and I think that Chicago will be the NFL darling by the year end. I really do believe that in the NFC, there's not that much competition to begin with, so it won't be that hard to do for Chicago. Mm. And you just look at, uh, you mentioned the lines there and the, the love that they're getting. They're playing the opening football game to, to kick off the 2023 20, uh, NFL season against Super Bowl champs, uh, Kansas City Chiefs. You know, just that in itself is showing how much respect that, uh, you know, this uh, this Detroit Lions team is uh, is going to be getting, uh, is already getting, I should say. And we look about to the Green Bay Packers and obviously the big question is, you know, how is Jordan Love going to fare now that Aaron Rodgers is gone? He goes 7 of 10, his preseason game, 46 yards and a touchdown. Um, against against the Cincinnati Bengals, I didn't see too too much uh, of uh, of that game, but you know you have you have question marks here at the quarterback position for the Packers, obviously, and um, 
you know, we didn't really see much of, of Love over the course of his career. We saw a few games here, a few games there. And, you know, it's safe to say that he didn't, uh, you know, live up to, to what people I hope I hope that he'd done. But uh, you're looking at, uh, you know, Green Bay. And this is a team that can talk about sleepers. They could fly into the radar, too, because a lot of people are pushing them aside because Rodgers is gone. Uh, but they still have a very good defense. You know, they still got a, a fairly good young receiving core. Um and they're able to keep Aaron Jones right, who was uh, potentially uh, looked at as going to be gone. And uh, they, they, he keeps coming back, and they keep convincing him to come back. So this Packers team is going to be also a team to keep an eye on here. So no, no really team that you can really dismiss easily as uh, is not making the playoffs or not winning the division here. Yeah, the one element about Green Bay that I think will catch up to them is Jordan Love's inability to kind of like throw to his route runners in a long distance. In other words, let the play develop, let the route develop, and then get yourself a nice like 28-yard game through a beautiful route design play. I think that's Jordan Love's weakness. If you look at his stats, 7 for 10, okay, yeah, but only 46 yards. That's all these dink passes, smaller passes that I think aren't as productive as a good pocket quarterback who who knows, obviously, to wait in the pocket to let the play design revolve and then to use his accuracy. Not to say that Jordan Love can't do it in a different way. I think that that's just more predictable for defensive coordinators to shut down, to shut down the short, intermittent passes. And Jordan Love has a great combination going on right now with Romeo Dobbs, which is quite surprising because Romeo Dobbs is one of those route runners. But, you know, he got a 12-yard pass as his longest pass with Love. So... If Jordan Love wants to be an elite quarterback in the NFL, you got to stick in the pocket longer and you got to let longer plays develop for bigger pickups. If you're going to be just doing these dink passes, you're eventually going to get, you know, figured out quite quick and it's basically going to be your downfall. So let's see what happens with Jordan Love. He's obviously starting very well and LaFleur is doing a great job as a head coach. So let's just see where, where this LaFleur Love combination happens in terms of their game plan that's what's going to basically provide me the confidence of putting green bay on a pedestal like chicago or detroit so right now i don't see it i need to see more games out of jordan love to really give me that uh, confidence to to put him up there with the rest yeah that's a fair take there and then good analysis there i think that uh you know for for him it's going to be just about making uh making himself and believing in himself that he belongs and that he's going to right now he has the keys and right this team believes in him and drafted him over a wide receiver for a reason he's going to have to uh to tap into that and yeah like you said these dink and dunk passes you know are good but eventually you're gonna have to catch a defense uh, off guard and then uh, hit them over the top a quarterback i was impressed with though dom is sam howell and him coming out of north carolina he was a name that you know in that draft class was kind of was talked about and you know not really mentioned as potential uh you know one of the best quarterbacks in in, uh, in that draft Maybe like the third or fourth potentially, but not really one or two. Not really a threat to be taken first there. Uh, he goes nine of twelve in his preseason game against the uh, the Cleveland Browns, uh, seventy seven yards and a touchdown. And uh, the thing with him is that he he looked like he like he belonged, like he was kind of um, I say, like as as if he's been there before. And look, he's played with this team uh, before, and obviously he's played in the regular season. Uh, but now he it's you know it's it's his team, right? And you got Jacoby Brissett there too as a solid backup. I don't think you know anyone's really seeing Brissett as a potential. Uh, you know, quarterback at number one there, but he could he could pose a bit of a threat to Howell. But Howell looked good, nine of 12, 77 yards, a touchdown. Uh, I feel like a team that a lot of people aren't talking about are the Washington Commanders, and rightfully so. Look, I don't think the team is going to be all that competitive. I think they will come last. Um, in uh, in the NFC East this year, but look, like I said, whenever you got a guy like Terry McLaurin, a guy that I I believe is criminally underrated, uh, I'm curious to see what uh, what they're going to do when you know we got uh, the uh, Chase Young and everything that happened in the offseason with him, and it's good to see uh, it's good to see that uh, you know they're they're kind of figuring stuff out there. But yeah, Howell looked good, and I'm curious to see how he does early uh, early on in the season because I think that he may be a bit of a Cinderella story for this team, and he may be uh, catching a few a uh, few of the uh, NFL teams off guard here i wouldn't be surprised a hundred percent and it's a great comparison to to go after green bay to analyze sam howell here because sam howell and johan dotson is the same combination as we just talked about dobbs and love and the difference here you could see that dotson's touchdown you know he got himself a nice you know 26 yard long route and 
that to me, that extra yardage is what is the difference maker between an average quarterback that does the dink passes and a, you know, a guy like Sam Howell who potentially, you know, I'm not going to say yet that he's going to be a good quarterback, but they build him properly, right? They give him a year off to learn the playbook. And he's kind of like more of a pocket quarterback who who has legs, but is willing to invest more into his processing ability and let the routes develop and then find your, your open man. And that's what he did with Dotson in this game. So let's see what happens with Washington. I still have a lot of questions with that coaching staff, whether or not they're finally able to process the quote-unquote new NFL type of way of, of playing because Jack Del Rio and Ron Rivera are old-school football coaches. But sometimes, you know, there's some secret recipes that they can bring out from the past to kind of like remind people that, you know, football is an old sport with a lot of plays. I think Washington, you're absolutely right, William, is one of the biggest sleeper in the NFL this year. And people should wake up quick because they might be surprised of what they could do this year. Yeah, that's the thing. And look at it. Uh, you talk about a, a team, and I really believe that oftentimes with these football players, and you know, with the, with their egos, and and you know, the the amount of training they do with each other, and the amount of, the amount of, amount of self belief that they have, then being talked about, you know. People are noticing that in the locker room and they're going to say like, yeah, we don't really pay attention to that and the outside noise. But I'm not sure I've ever really believed that. I think that, you know, when you really, you know, when, when people are writing you off and when people aren't talking about you. So I think, yeah, that'll, that'll be something to, uh, to keep an eye on. Like I, it's, it's just a, a potential steeper pick, right? It's not, I don't really see this team going, uh, super far, uh, or, or making a, a ton of noise now, but in their, um, they're going to be playing uh, week one. They're going to get the Arizona Cardinals, right? And you've got to think they're favored to win that game. So let's see if they go and they get a one and zero start there. They're playing at home. Uh, from there, you know, you never know. Uh, you never know what happens after that for them. Um, William, yes. Quick question. Yeah. What are your thoughts of Eric Bieniemy and his whole kind of like, oh, you're you're putting us to the grind. A lot of players were not happy with Eric Bieniemy, and that's one aspect that Washington probably out of everybody they picked up, this could be the biggest jewel out of them all. So what are your thoughts on Bienemy? Yeah, honestly, look, I was I, I like I like that Bienemy, you know, finally has the the chance now to showcase, you know, what he can do. And he was, you know, great for all those years with Kansas City. I like it. You know, you were the first advocate for him, Dominic, that he should be able to uh to, you know, to have a bigger role uh in, in the NFL. But I, I like it. Like I'm not reading too much into to what happened, like you said, uh early on and, and the grind and everything. But I think this is good for Washington. Look, you talk about a team that needs a spark. Washington's been irrelevant for, for so many years now. The only thing that's made them relevant is their name change, right? And them going to the, the command. And are they going to choose the commanders? Are they going to choose uh, the Red Wolves? Or what name are they going to choose? Uh, but yes, they need to be, uh, you know, put put their name back on the map. And I think that with Bianami now, that's exactly what they're going to do. And I think for him, I'm happy for him. And he definitely deserves the shot. 100%. I think, like I said, this could be the jewel out of all pickups in the NFL. It was the offensive coordinator, Eric Bianami. If Washington sneaks on anybody this year, it'll be because of the play design through the offense, through Eric Bianami. Exactly there. All right, John, we got just over a minute now quickly. What are you looking forward to in the week two of the NFL preseason? Uh, a lot of uh, you know guys that haven't made their de- debut yet. So what are you looking for? Uh, as, well, as we air the show, it's Tuesday, but uh, sorry, as we record, it's Tuesday, but as we air, it's Thursday. So what's one thing you're looking for for this week in the NFL preseason? Well, let's see if we can see a, a replication of last week with Chicago playing Indy. This is the two teams that I'm going to be keeping an eye on. West Chicago started a little bit of a fluke. Indy's got a pretty good defense. I want to see what they can do to put pressure on fields. And I want to see more of Richardson against a good Chicago defense. So that's the game that I'm watching Saturday, 7 p.m. Keep an eye on that one. I like that, Dom. For me, I'm going to go with Tampa Bay against the New York Jets. Uh, that game is on uh, at uh, at 7.30 on Saturday as well. I want to see if Aaron Rodgers plays because, look, I think that you, it's it's great that you want to avoid injury and all that stuff is super important, but you want to make sure you get in the same repertoires and get in those repetitions because you don't want to – it's a short season right in the NFL and you can't really afford to play your first two, three regular season games as if they're preseason and go one and two or 0 oh and three. You want to try and get your guys out there. I, I expect uh, Aaron Rodgers to – maybe play in the first half or at least the first quarter of that game and to familiarize himself with his uh, new weapons with the New York Jets. All right, folks, that is it for this episode of the Power Hour. Thank you for tuning in. Without you guys, there is no show. I can't believe it. We are just a few short weeks away from kicking off the NFL regular season. I'm super pumped. Enjoy preseason for now, folks, and tune in next week. Same place, same time. You were listening to CJLO, 69 AM in Montreal.